This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hello, how you guys doing? My name is Sir Mix-A-Lot, and you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the evening. My name is Anthony, or you can call me Dude. That's what most people call me. I'm comfortable with that. Today is a very cool episode. Today I am featuring a bartender based out of Los Angeles. He is a certified mixologist available for any occasion. Today we have Ty, a.k.a. Sir Mix-A-Lot. Ty, how are you doing today? I'm good, and yourself? I'm doing just fine. I really appreciate you for uh, being on my show today. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited. So, like like I was telling you before we started this recording, I like to start every show off with a drink special. And uh, would you be willing to share a particular drink that you, uh, that you make or something uh, that you like making with my listeners? You got it. No problem. Uh, I created a drink that I call By Felicia. It's a saying from the movie Friday. Very, very famous. Sure. You know, something that uh, Ice Cube used, and it's just been uh, popular ever since. Um, Basically, it's an adios with a float of Hennessy on top. So we're talking about gas in a cup. It's it's really strong. It's a great drink. I love uh, adioses. And I thought I'd put a twist to it, make it a little stronger, and it tastes great. The uh, the color trends come out very well. The separations and everything. It's basically um, vodka, gin, tequila, rum. It has blue curacao, maybe a splash of lemonade, some Sprite, and a float of Hennessy on top. Very good. Um, I'll have to take your word for it. Uh, my listeners already know that I'm a lightweight, and that drink sounds like it would put me on my ass. Dangerous. <laughs> so you, it's one of those drinks you have to sip slow, you know, like all you need is like three of those and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Everything's cool right after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, everybody, uh, everybody knows by Felicia. Uh, uh, Cause not only am I a bartender, I'm a pop culture junkie and I, I know a lot about <laughs> the mov- movies, music and stuff like that. And uh, I even remember uh, in an interview, somebody talked about straight out of Compton and somebody asked ice cube, did you add, by Felicia to that movie on purpose and he just kind of go well yeah kind of maybe <laughs> <laughs> it worked that well it worked that well yeah yeah so that was the uh that was the by Felicia if you uh, get a chance to try that one out please let let us know at hey bartender podcast what you think of it and email me at dude at hey bartender podcast.com anyway uh so Ty uh yeah tell us a little bit about yourself when did you start bartending so I started bartending, I want to say, back in 2012. Uh, I've been doing this for about like eight years. Uh, I've worked in hospitality for a very long time since a young kid. I've been like hustling. My mom had me working like at the age of 15. So I worked in a restaurant for a while. And then I just wanted to do something else. You know, I got addicted to the fast cash with uh, bartending and the tips are great. Oh, we all get addicted I mean, there's to no, that. Yeah. 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 There's no better feeling than getting paid to get someone drunk and watching it at the same time. It's a two for one. <laughs> yeah. It's a two for one. So uh, I used to work for a company called Levy's 
out here in uh, Southern California, and they operate uh, Staples Center, uh, Dodger Stadium, the Forum, where they host a lot of concerts in Inglewood, California, actually where the Lakers used to play originally, mm-hmm. and Stuff Hub Center, which is now like Dignity Health, uh, LA Galaxy, a soccer team plays there, and I think the Chargers played there. Anyhow, I worked at clubs, suites, outside, uh, all over in all those locations that I named. But once I transferred to Dodger Stadium, my supervisor in the catering department told me that I couldn't bartend because I didn't have a certificate. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, okay, you know, all right. I took two weeks off. My mother-in-law, she helped me pay for uh, a mixology school, which was local. I came back with the uh, certificate. You know, I damn near slapped it in her face. Like, here it is. I think she was shocked, too, because I think it was just more of a seniority thing more than me having the certificate, because that's how it works with those union jobs at sports arenas and stuff. Sure. You know, she didn't want to have people like upset at me for taking that, you know, extra step when they didn't have the uh, urge to. So hey, I brought it back. But then at the same time, I woke up and I said, you know what? If I can do this for you. I can do this for myself, you know? So I started booking like my own gigs. My first gig I'll never forget was a wedding in a city called Highland Park, which is a pretty popular city out here in LA. It's off Figueroa. Uh, I've I've only heard of it, but yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine um, that I work with at Staples Center, Dodger Stadium, she actually hooked me up with the uh, wedding. And I just been flowing from there and just, you know, perfecting my craft and, learning new drinks and customizing drinks and creating a passion for what I love. Well, that's, uh, that's great. So you, uh, you generally started off, uh, working kind of almost freelance. Uh, yeah. Did you ever work in a restaurant uh, or bartender restaurant? Um, not really, not really. It's more like sports arenas and stuff, you know, in the suites and the clubs and, stuff like that but um you know i go to bars often i mean i've worked in several restaurants that have bars and stuff so I've, you know i've heard stories and you know seeing things and it inspired me well yeah i mean you get a chance to move around meet new people pretty much every day or every yeah. day you work so that's got to be kind of exciting yeah man i used to watch um I used to watch Kobe warm up as I polished silverware in the San Manuel Club at Staples Center because I used to work Laker games, sure, Clipper games, Los Angeles King games, you know. So yeah, man, I, I thought that was really, really cool for me to sit there and just watch Kobe warm up as I polished silverware as a busboy, you know, in this uh, San Manuel Club, and well, something I'll never forget. All uh, everybody also knows that I'm not that big on uh, big on sports, but I do know the name Kobe Bryant, and I do appreciate what he did for the game of basketball. And uh, yeah. well, we'll miss him. You know, even yes. a guy that's not into sports like me, uh, uh, we'll definitely miss him from the game. We'll definitely miss him for sure. We're hurting out here in L.A., man. Yeah, I bet. Uh, is there a lot of stuff going on in L.A. right now uh, in honor of him? Uh, a lot of memorabilia, you know, a lot of paintings on the walls and stuff, you know. Um, I hear on the 24th, which is 224, because his daughter number was two, and he was 24, they're going to do something special outside the Staples Center for him that day. And, you know, just 
just just a sad moment in LA and in sports history right now in general. But um, yeah, a lot of memorabilia is going on around. Yeah, I bet. Uh, mm-hmm. Since since you got to work at Staples uh, Staples Center, you also you get got to see Kobe play. Uh, did you meet many uh, many other big uh, basketball stars while working there? I did. I met uh, Lamar Odom, uh, Robert Ory, uh, Derek Fisher, Chris Paul, um, Swaggy P. Uh, a lot of lot of lot of celebrities, along with uh, you know athletes as well. Because working in the suites, you never know who you're going to get. You know, it can either be a company, or it could be an uh, athlete or celebrity with his family and crew. You know. So. Uh... Uh, with as much as I know about the LA Lakers, uh, since you mostly worked in the suites, you probably never ran into Jack Nicholson. Never ran into Jack Nicholson. Because uh, everybody knows he's a huge Lakers fan and season tickets and all that stuff. Right, right. I love him. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, one of cool. one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, <laughs> uh, Here's Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. You uh you went from working for somebody else, and on to working for yourself. Now that has to be scary, uh, in a way. It's scary, you know. I think life is taking risk. Life's about taking risk, and you know, there's a saying where scare money don't make money, and I made that decision, and. I'm pretty much happy with it. You know, I feel like I accomplished something because it's something my dad always told me when I was young is I hate to say it like this, but he would always give it to me just like this raw and uncut. You're no one until you own your own business. Oh, I've heard lots of people say that. Yeah. My father owned a, uh, a record store in North Hollywood. My father was a, excuse me, is a Jamaican man, mm-hmm. you know, that came over here and it took him some time to get on his feet as well, but he owned a record store for at least like 15 years and it did well until technology came around and all that good stuff. But yeah, I'll never forget. He always told me, you know, when until you own your own business. So the, that, uh, at one time was one of my dream jobs. It was to own my own record store, but then I saw technology was making a big switch and record stores were no longer the thing. Actually, they're kind of right. coming back right now because people are, uh, well, an article I read recently where vinyl sales were almost outselling uh, digital downloads, and mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty amazing. But but I really have to respect that because uh, that I at one time I thought that would be an awesome job uh, to work at a record store. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. I think that's like every kid's dream, man. Especially like if you're really into music, you know. Sure, and vinyls uh, are vintage. And he was uh, able to provide for you, put food on the uh, table and roof over your head with uh, owning his own record store. Correct. And, and it inspired me, you know? Sure. It um, inspired me. Were, were you, was your family in, uh, encouraging you to uh, work in the hospitality service or was there ever that point where like, like some, a lot of people, they sit back and say, you're a bartender. Why don't you get yourself a real job? And were they encouraging you to, uh, to be, the best at what uh, best at what you were doing, you know. I used to go to work with my mom. I was that young, mm-hmm. you know. On the weekends, uh, she got me a job at her restaurant that she worked. It's a soul food restaurant in Inglewood called Eminem Soul Food. And um, on the weekends, she didn't want me like you know, out being on the streets or whatever. She wanted me to make, me to make money. 
Sure. And I, I love her for that because it turned me into the hustler I am today. Yeah. You know, like I grit and grind. I actually, um, I worked for FedEx during a week, you know, so um, bartending is my passion, you know, so I actually do have a, you know, a job to where, you know, I get my benefits and my 401k and all that good stuff, but bartending is my passion. So it works out well with my schedule because, you know, I'm, I'm available pretty much like, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday nights, you know, when all the action is going on here in Los Angeles on the weekends. Sure. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I mean, uh, back when I was a bartender, I used to have people come up to me all the time and, you know, have their nose stuck way up in the air is like, oh, you're just a bartender. Or you're just a food server. Um, I'm like the movie Waiting. Uh, have you ever seen that movie? What's the name of the movie again? Waiting. Uh, oh, no, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Justin Long, um, Anna Faris. Uh, I talk about, I make references to that movie all the time because that movie is probably one of the most accurate depictions of working in a restaurant I've ever seen. And it's hilarious. Okay. But, I'm going to check that out. But, uh, you know, you have this customer that, uh, you know, has to pick on every single thing that you do. And, uh, so, uh, and because they think I've got this nine to five job, I've, uh, and, uh, you're just bringing me food. How hard is your job compared to mine? You know, that, that sort of attitude. And I mean, one time I had this one guy, he treated me poorly. And then all of a sudden at the end, he goes, why are you bartending? I can get you a job at this electronic company. It will start you off at uh, whatever ridiculous pay it was. And uh, you won't get benefits for like six months. But once you get going after uh, a year or two, you'll really uh, be doing, uh, doing well with your life. And I stood there and I, I stared at him. And then I said, well, first of all, I already make way more than that right now. And there you go. Uh, secondly, I think I read in a consumer paper recently that your company is shutting down the, uh, the, the part of your company that you work in. As of what do you know? beginning of next year. <laughs> and he, he shut up after that. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he got super quiet. You know, I feel like there's a lot of uh, stereotype, you know, stereotypical people in the world. And I mean, every job has its perk. Every job may not be considered a real job. But, you know, when you put your passion and effort into something that you like doing, it doesn't matter what the title is. Right. It's, it's something that you like to do. It's, uh, and life it's, is too short to be doing something that you don't like doing. Uh, it's like the old saying, if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, so let's uh, dive into uh, your customers because uh, you bounce around a lot. And uh, you told me that about told us about your time working at Staples Center and various other gigs that you've done. One of the things about being a bartender at a restaurant, uh, I was telling you earlier that most bartenders, when they find a, bartend, a bar that they like, they usually set roots there. They stay there as long as they possibly can. And True. because they've developed regulars and you know the regulars uh -huh. and their crew become family and that sort of thing. Um, they build a relationship. Yeah. It becomes a uh, becomes a long lasting good relationship if get the right crowd, sort of thing. 
Um, do you develop regulars with your business? Do you know I do? So I can either um, do like private events or I can do vendor events where the public is allowed and I'll have, you know, a lot of my regulars show up and support me because um, when I'm doing my vendor events, that's when I'm selling my liquor, you know? So there's two ways you can book me. You can um, buy your own liquor and I'll pour it for you. You pay me for my hours or, you know, I also have my own inventory of liquor as well where I can bring in and we can set up a package to where, you know, the client has to do nothing. I bring the ice, I bring the cups, I bring the mixers, I bring the booze and all of that. But yeah, when I do my vendor events, I have a lot of my friends come out. They're always waiting for my vendor events because they can't come to, you know, the backyard party that I'm doing at someone's house is private or something, you know? So yeah, the vendor events, I always have, you know, pretty much my regulars come through and, and they, and they support, and it means a lot, man. It really means a lot, you know, to have a, a good support system, people seeing, you know, the hard work that you put in and, and they're congratulating you and they're telling you that, you know, they're proud of you. And, um, what a feeling, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I took a look at some of your, uh, some of your social media and you've got tons of supporters and thank you, brother. It sounds like, uh, that social media is probably, uh, it, it's come in handy for you for yeah. um, advertising. It has, that's, that's basically uh, my, you know, my platform. I, I said, I'm going to take it to social media. And I'm and I'm gonna make the best out of it, you know. That's all we can do, and it's working. It's working well, man. So shout out to uh, social media, <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, and all that good stuff for, uh, yeah, creating a good crowd and, and 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 giving me support that I need. And I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, social media has uh, become the uh, huge point of advertising for pretty much anybody and everybody. I, uh, right. I mean, without social media, I'm not sure where, uh, if this podcast would have been, uh, gotten out properly and That's correct. I wouldn't be able to talk to guys like you and, uh, all, all that stuff. So yeah, social right. media, social media is a really powerful tool. Um, it sure is. So you are able to establish regulars and, uh, I'm, uh, it's probably easy to say that, uh, you're a good bartender. You have a good reputation uh, a lot of people ask you back for return business to do another party that they uh, that they're doing or something like that. Yeah, yep. I also get a lot of recommendations. Like, I'll do a party and they'll say such and such recommended, and I'm like, oh, I remember them. You know, I did a couple of parties for them. That's cool, and that's also a good feeling. Yeah. When people when people recommend you, man, that's like the cream of the crop right there. It it the job speaks for itself. You know, that you've done what you had to do. You've done a good job to where they're recommending you and passing your name on to someone else. Oh, it, it feels so great, man, you know. And I sit back and I and I go back and I text those clients and I let them know that I appreciate you for sending me more business. And I think that's very important. Yeah, that's very important. That's good business if uh, to make sure you thank your person for recommending you. Yes. <laughs> so for my listeners, make sure uh, make sure you guys write that down. That's that's big information right there. Um, mm-hmm. So as bartenders go, we always like to talk about our customers. Now you have served probably multiple different kinds of clientele, right? Correct. And so you've done uh, according to your social media page, you've done weddings, birthdays, well, pretty much any kind of 
event uh sounds like you've uh if there's an event in la you've probably done something like Covered it. them all yeah mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what kind of event is most fun for you i like weddings really yes yeah i, mean, I like weddings because um uh, they get really drunk at weddings it goes by a lot faster and it's uh it's always a good vibe. I'm a married man myself. I've been married for seven years. So I always get like a flashback. Thank you. I always get a flashback of the day I got married. So I don't know. I get a little emotional. Like I said, <laughs> the day goes by faster. I think uh, the tips are a lot better at weddings. And it's just a beautiful event. You know, everyone's happy. Um, yeah, I like weddings, man. But I've did all kind of events from high school reunions uh, weddings, birthday parties, company parties, holiday parties, you name it. Kinsonetta. I used to did, I did a Kinsonetta at a, uh, Chino Hills airport. Mm-hmm. It was, it was amazing. You know, this 15 year old girl had a, you know, Kinsonetta party at a little runway strip airport out in uh, Chino Hills, man. It was, it was dope. Oh, I've, uh, I've never been to a Kinsonetta ever before, but I've heard they, uh, they get pretty excited at those those things. I mean, it's huge party, big deal type of stuff. Right, especially like if you're the dad, you know, you feel you feel good about your daughter turning fifteen, and you know she's like that, she's like that preteen, and you know if the, if the child is doing well, of course, you're giving yourself a pat on the back. You know, she's like halfway grown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of years she'll be out the house, hopefully. Now, so you get invited to private events every now and then. Correct. And what are those like? The private private events are a little bit more upscale. It's a little bit more uh, intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy those as well. It's uh, they're very well organized. The private events, um, they're always like <laughs> cheering me on to like drink with them. The food is always good. Yeah uh they treat me very well you know all my clients treat me well but those private events they're uh they're top notch you know especially out here in hollywood in in los angeles you know we have all these celebrities and everybody want to be an actor and all that good stuff so the private events are fun now you you had to have seen this coming eventually i gotta ask uh you don't have to name names but uh uh how many uh, you, can you put a ballpark on how many celebrities you've ever met? Ooh, that that has to be quite a bit then. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, ooh, I'd say maybe about two hundred or more. Wow. Uh, any of those? Yeah, this is Hollywood, man. So you know, I I see them. Any of those people that you met? Oh yeah. Uh, any of those people that you met where you could uh, you could potentially get yourself on a spot where before they were stars? Uh, no, I pretty much you know met all these uh, celebrities who are they you know already in their prime and stuff. So yeah, not any like upcoming stars. Yeah. Not yet. It's still time. Sure, <laughs> there's still tons of time. Um, because you know the everybody there's what a couple hundred people coming to L.A. daily. Uh, trying to right. uh, trying to get in the movies, TV, whatever. Uh, Correct. Uh, I I personally listened to a podcast that uh, Rob Paulson, uh, who is the voice of uh, 
Yakka Warner and Animaniacs, Pinky and Pinky in the Brain. Uh, he just okay. kind of, he just kind of ended up in L.A. and his intention was to be a, a actor, but it didn't really work out. He just all of a sudden decided to do voice acting. And well, what uh, do you know? And that's the and as he refers to it, it's the same old story. You know, you show up, you're flat broke, and you do what you can to get work. <laughs> And he lucked up because I love the Animaniacs. I think that's a great cartoon. Actually, uh, I put that on like two weeks ago for my kids to watch it because I think it's important to uh, have your kids watch the cartoons that you grew up watching. You know, but oh, that's a pretty good story, man. Yeah, um, I love. I used to love the Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. I, uh, being as old as I am, now, well, I'm 43 now, and I watched that show back when I was a teenager. And uh, uh-huh. I every once in a while, I'll still think of that Nations of the World song that Gacko Warner does. <laughs> and I've handed uh, uh, a recording of uh, Wacko Warner doing the U.S. states and their capitals uh, to parents when the, their kids are have to learn the uh, the states and capitals. I, I give them uh-huh. I hand over the recording and say, give this to your kid, have them listen to it a lot uh-huh. and they'll pass their test. <laughs> there you go <laughs> i never thought about that yeah it uh because it uh it just all of a sudden occurred to me one day uh, i was at a different job and my boss threw a piece of paper that his son was learning the u.s states and the capitals and he said uh here try this one out and so i'm sitting there going baton rouge louisiana indianapolis indiana you know i'm just singing the song as i'm writing them down and That's cool when he uh when he when I was done with it and he goes give it to me I'll grade it and I said you won't have to I got them all right <laughs> and, there you go and that's uh, a two for one man so like watching the show and learning at the same time exactly and Animaniacs made it fun well, but, I have to use that on my kids yeah <laughs> I I totally suggest it it's on YouTube thanks for the tip <laughs> but <laughs> um so do you have a, a great bartending night that sticks out in your head uh so, where it was. Uh, lots of laughs, fun, uh, you know, something that uh, just sticks with you, uh, that makes you feel like this is why I do this job. You know, I do. I really do. Um, okay, we're going back to a wedding again. I think this is about two years ago. And um, there was this uh, bridesmaid, and she's past drunk yeah she comes up to the bar for about her let's say six or seven drink oh wow <laughs> yeah she's uh she was taking them like a champ and then about the fifth drink i started you know noticing a little different her her slurring and stuff so i wanted to cut her off but at the same time her friends kept telling me that Oh no, she's not driving. You know, we're the bridesmaids crew, and we all yeah. Ubered here. This, this is that. We're staying in the hotel down the street. Blase, blase. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I feel a little better. So, she comes up to the bar for about her six or seventh drink. She's a uh, belligerent already, and you know, I didn't cut her off. I feel like I really should. Long story short, when she comes up to the bar, she tells me. I'm sorry, you know, I really don't have any money on me. I would love to tip you because I feel like you're doing a great job. This is and that. The drinks have been very great, and you're awesome. She takes her panties off and puts them in my tip jar. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a hell of a tip. <laughs> yes. And 
I couldn't accept it, you know, because I'm a married man. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we, we can't do that. I can't do that. That's inappropriate. And then I think about time all that happened, I think someone behind her kind of realized and they went and grabbed one of her bridesmaids' friends and they had to come and get her from the bar, her panties too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You being a happy. I mean, that sounds good. Uh, it kind of, you know, boosted my ego and <laughs> all that good stuff. But as a married man, I can't accept that tip, you know? <laughs> yeah. Try to explain that tip to your wife when you get home. <laughs> I, I can't. I told her about it because I'm an honest man, but I, I, I yeah, the penny stayed there. Yeah. Uh, I don't have them. They're, they're with who they belong with. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I grabbed a, bev- a cocktail napkin and I grabbed them out the tip jar and said, you can have these back lady. <laughs> but it was funny though. It felt great. You know, it, uh, it was a moment for sure. Yeah. That was a totally awesome story. I've, uh, truthfully, I've never heard, uh, heard a tipping story like that before. I mean, I, it's usually monetary, uh, I think, uh, people, you know, like got hundred dollar tip on a $25 tab or something like that. Right. Uh, but, uh, actually one time, uh, this isn't as funny of a story, or at least it wasn't to her. Um, one girl told me that she was, uh, uh, she was given like a $2 tip on a $10, uh, $10 tab, but also the guy slipped her his hotel key. And she, oh, wow. and she's like, okay, uh, I'll take the $2 without saying anything, but this goes in the garbage. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's some tips, you know, that we just can't accept. Like that was a good tip, but that was probably the best tip I've ever gotten, but I can't <laughs> accept it. Yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> cause uh, I want to stay yeah, married. Man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you're not in the right state of mind right now anyway, so you're probably going to wake up tomorrow realizing that I gave my panties to the bartender yesterday. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't think correctly uh, after about seven drinks, especially my drinks. Yeah. Uh, especially drink as uh, strong as by Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I should have named her, by Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, being private parties that, uh, in occasions that you usually, uh, bartend for cutting people off. Okay. That, uh, when I, I did banquet bartending briefly and cutting people off was a little bit on the difficult side because it was easy for them to go over to the back to their table and say, Hey, go get me another drink. And I couldn't see where they came from or who, where the drinks were going. Uh, so cutting people so off is a little bit on the difficult side. Did, did you, do it you have is. that problems? Um, I've only cut one guy off. Um, and it was actually at the Kinsonetta that I brought up. Um, the guy was, you know, extremely drunk and he made a smart gesture that I didn't appreciate. Um, I think one of his buddies was next to him while he was at the bar and asked him to tip me and the guy, you know, He goes, I don't have any cash. I don't have any cash. I can't tip him. And then he mumbles. He, I guess the guy didn't know that I understood Spanish. You know, this is Los Angeles. Like if you're not bilingual out here, you're not going to get far, you know? Right. So, um, I guess he didn't know that I understand Spanish. The guy calls me an a-hole in Spanish towards his friend. Yeah. And then he takes out his, 
his debit card or credit card, whatever, puts it in the tip jar and takes it back out. And there was a level of disrespect there, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, that's not cool. We're going to cut you off. And then the father of the Kinsonetta, uh, the father of the, of the girl of the party comes up to me. Why did you cut him off? I said, because I'm the bartender. And I said, and second of all, I speak Spanish. I said, and third of all, you know, he's being disrespectful while putting his ATM debit card in my tip jar. Well, he could have just left it in his pocket. If you don't have a tip, that's fine. I'm going to make a drink regardless. That's, you know, something as a bartender that we have to do. I'm going to make a drink regardless. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to treat you differently from the guy that tipped me a hundred bucks because I'm just that type of guy. Right. Cause I still have a job to do at the end of the day. You know, when it comes to you, like, um, making gestures and being smart about a tip that you're not even going to leave. Oh, that's when you're on my, my not good list. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say shit list. <laughs> Okay, that's when you're on my shit list, damn it. Yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, I've it's uh, I've dealt with customers. One one lady who was expecting uh, her to go order. Uh, I'm I run up to the bar and I'm this is before we got our point of sale system. I'm writing writing down what the order is on a check while I still remember it. And the lady looks at me and says, "That doesn't look like my husband's cheeseburger." And I said, "Nope, this is a piece of paper." And, and she took great offense to that and reached into her purse, held out a dollar and said, you see this piece of paper, this is what you could have gotten. And I just laughed and I said, you're not even in my section. And I walked away from her, Uh, (laughs) but, uh, I don't, I don't know if that affected, uh, the server or the, on the server whose section it was. And did you ask? Uh, no. And I didn't get yelled at for it. So it must've been all good. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, because I uh, all my the servers and bartenders that I worked with, we were all pretty much family. We all joked around together, hung out together, celebrated whatever together. And uh, okay. which brings me to uh, you. Uh, you have people that will help you out for larger events. Correct. Yeah. I also I always want to keep some close uh, bartender friend of mine, especially like uh, ex coworkers that I've worked with. Yeah. And um that I know that are very good and dependable, you know, also polite. Yeah. And if I have a very large event, you know, I'll always bring along my ex coworkers for the ride, you know, which is something cool. Cause it's like, never forget where you come from. Sure. Cause you're going to have, you're going to have your haters in this world, you know, and you're going to have people that's proud of you. You know, it's, it's what side of the fence do you want to be on? And so, it does, you know, I've noticed once I started my own business that certain people went left and certain people stayed right. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, I've always uh, I'll always call on, you know, a female or or a male, you know, because out here in LA, man, they're really pe- they're really picky, and I hate to say it, some are like some clients are kind of like sexist. You know, they're like, oh. Bring a nice looking girl if you can. Bring a nice looking girl with some big boobs and big booty. And yeah, yeah. you know, I, I got a couple on my roster. I'm not even gonna lie that I can bring, you know, and, and that's what sells. It sucks. Yeah. To yeah. say that, but you know, that's what sells. It's it's tough being a male bartender as it is, because you know, most of my clients they're like, ah, we want a girl or something, you know. And, sure. Yeah. And I totally get it, but it's all good. Yeah, I keep I keep a couple close friends that I can depend on. Yes, I do. And it's uh, and 
doesn't hurt to help out a friend if they uh, if they need it too, and you have the ability to do that for them. Correct. Uh, um, I'm pretty expedient though, man. I'm, I'm really fast. I can handle a good crowd up to almost like 150 people. Sure. You know, in my uh, mixology class, I made 28 drinks in 10 minutes. Okay, yeah, that's damn good. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm pretty fast, man. I'm not trying to toot my horn, but you know, I passed. 28 drinks in 10 minutes is something I'll never forget, and um, I'll never forget uh, saying that. I'll keep saying that till <laughs> it gets old, you know? Well, that's a good chip on your shoulder there. Yeah, that's something to brag about. So great. But um, when you're doing your own bartending by yourself on your uh, on these events, is it up to you to, like, if there happens to be a fight breakout or something like that, is it up to you to handle that, or... Can you just hide behind the bar and wait for the smoke to clear? Yeah, I pretty much just hide behind the bar and wait for the smoke to clear. I don't get paid enough to worry about a fight nor break up a fight. You know, at the end of the day, I I have a little bit of a guilty conscience because, you know, at the end of the day, they always want to blame everything on the bartender if it's sure. a good night or it's a bad night, yeah. you know, because it can go either way. But, I, you know, I can't control what uh, people's emotions on you know, what they think and what they do after they start drinking. So, <laughs> yeah, I wait for the smoke to clear. I'll stand behind the bar. There was an actual situation where I had an event in Long Beach, and it was for a, a local celebrity, and it was a, a block party. Yeah. So they had me serving drinks in their front yard. And it was a really big block party. You know, they had a, a clown dancers come out, which is a guy named Tommy the Clown. He brings out a little young dance crew and wears like a clown wig. He has his band that plays loud music with speakers on the outside. Very well known out here in L.A. And I guess the the celebrity, the, the rapper, he had, you know, some enemies. We all have enemies. Oh, yeah. But they showed up and it looked like they were ready to like pull out guns and stuff and everybody started running and all that good stuff. And I had my buddy with me and I told my buddy, hey, it's time to pack this stuff up and go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we packed my stuff up so quick. I've never packed up my uh, equipment so quick. <laughs> but that day I did, you know. Uh, I... Excuse the rain. It's pouring raining out here right now in L.A. Oh, no, that's all cool. Yeah, I, that's not something that I uh, that even occurred to me that that might happen. Yeah, I saw guns getting drawn, and I was like, okay, it's time to go. And it's time to disappear and... and... Where'd the bartender go? Last I saw was nothing but heels in a dust trail. And <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it was so much stuff like lost. I get in the car, and, you know, being that uh, marijuana is legal out here in California. Yeah. Um, my buddy says he found like a nice size jar of marijuana dropped on the ground. And he picked it up. I'm like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> You know, it worked out pretty good because he smoked marijuana and uh, he said he was uh, driving to Texas, to San Antonio, and that he didn't have, you know, that much money to go as it was. And it worked out for him because he said it was enough herb marijuana to last him for his trip driving out there and back to California. So uh, it was his lucky day. Yeah, that's that's a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I had to drive to... Uh, San Antonio is like almost 21 hours. Right. It's helling out here. In California, really? Yeah, it's helling out here. I'm <laughs> I'm in my car. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing like uh, chips of glass, uh, chips of ice on my windshield. Oh, well, 
Uh, if it starts getting too bad, just say the word. And... <laughs> oh, we're good. I'm fine. It don't get that bad in California. It barely rains. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, one of those situations where you'd say, can we please take this party inside? Uh... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the security guard couldn't even uh, control the situation. Right. Well, that... Uh... That alone would be scary. Uh, I personally have never had to deal with anything like that. I mean, uh, as a bartender, I've broken up my share of fights, but uh, yeah, it, it's that—that that was a something that popped in my head a long time ago uh, as a uh, freelance bartender because I've been running into a lot of freelance bartenders since I started this uh, podcast, and I start wondering, you know, do you guys have the same responsibilities or burdens that? Uh, restaurant bartender would have you know like we have to keep a sharp eye on who's drunk or who's stupid and uh do you have well that i do do i do keep an eye out on like you know yeah because like you said on who's who's really drunk and who's on the verge of being cut off and all that good stuff but yeah i'm not the one to be breaking up fights man because that turns into another fight and you know i just don't have the time for that i'm not trying to go home with a black eye right (laughs) Or has sent someone home with a black eye, either or. Right. Now, uh, you said for some of your uh, bookings, you provide the alcohol and uh, everything that you need. How do you keep track of your inventory? How do you, well, what do you make sure that you have before the, uh, the party starts? Always ask the client, you know, is there uh, certain cocktails you want to serve? Do you want a full bar? Do you want... Because I, I really don't bring uh, much of beer to uh, these parties. It's just like wine, champagne, and alcohol. So I ask them, like, what they're looking for. Do you want to stick to a certain menu? Because certain clients, they can be on the on the budget, and they'll say, you know what? Just bring tequila, and we'll make three, three uh, custom drinks out of that, which is very clever. Right. You know, because then you don't have to spend too much money on all this alcohol that's not going to be getting used at the end of the day. You know, well, being an uh, independent bartender, it's actually a win for me because I do a lot of events where these people, you know, pay for like all this liquor and I end up getting taken back home. Yeah. Because uh, it's not, you know, being all used. I always offer the client if they like to take it home. But they're usually like shit faced and they have no room in the car and they're just like, ah, whatever, you can keep it. And it's a bonus for me. <laughs> yeah, you can use it for the next party. But yes, I do keep inventory on my liquor and my alcohol and all that good stuff. And um, I always try to uh, find like sales. Anytime I'm like at a store or something, I see something on sale, I'll grab that bottle. In California, uh, you, they can sell a hard liquor in regular grocery store. You don't have to go to a liquor store in particular then right no yeah i usually like to go to like costco oh sure uh bevmo you know to the liquor distributors and where the sales are yeah um so uh yeah i had it in my head like well uh you know you if you keep a full bar behind you or uh so you can if the guy doesn't want to stick to a particular menu do you ask him do you want top shelf or do you want me to stick to the well stuff you know you can you can make a deal with it yeah of course i always try to keep a uh, top shelf like you said and mid shelf as well so it gives them an option you know because you're going to have i mean like i said this is hollywood i can keep saying that all day you have a lot of bougie clients you know yeah straight up you have a lot of bougie clients so you can have 
clients that are balling on the budget. Right. <laughs> so they want to look good, but they don't have the money to make it look good. And I make it work either way. You know, so you, you got to have both, man. You got to keep some top shelf and you got to keep some mid shelf. So my inventory is very well stocked with both. And, um, yeah. Well, that's really cool. To wrap up the show, well, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah it was uh, really fun to talk to you and getting uh, getting a little bit of insight uh, on your world of being. Uh, is freelance bartender a good way of putting it? I consider myself like as a mobile mixologist. Mobile mixologist. I like that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so, uh, like I said, thanks for being on the show. So, uh, why don't you take a minute here to tell people where they can get a hold of you, uh, your social media, your if you have a website, any of that stuff. So, I'm available on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at sur underscore mix underscore alot. You can find me on Facebook as well. So it makes a lot in toxicologist services. And I just started up a Snapchat as well. So I'm on Snapchat as well. Um, under Sir Makes a Lot. You guys can find me under those platforms. And you can send me a message. Also, I have an email address as well. Sir Makes a Lot 82 at gmail.com. So send me a message, send me an email. And we can work out a plan and work out a price, and you won't be let down. So contact Sir Mix-a-Lot if you're in the L.A. area or even if you want to ship them out somewhere else and uh, get get yourself some great bartending service right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Just want to remind you guys, if you want to get your hands on any Hey Bartender podcast merchandise, Head over to heybartenderpodcast.com and you can find my blog. You can find some drink recipes and pick yourself up a t-shirt. Help support the show by buying yourself a Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt today. Next up, I have a returning musical guest, Abigail Mead from Seattle, Washington, who is just releasing her new single called Space. Here is Abigail Nielsen. a ghost when all you want to do is spend time and it's not right but i don't want to see you both all day and all night here i am now putting the truth out in the open and i don't want to make you cry so i'll only say this in the songs i write i'm sick and tired of the way you treat me and there's no excuse to leave you on red i'm Just isn't what I'm looking for Is there a crisis? Cause you denied this But I got a thousand messages Proving it's true Oh, I don't know what's gotten into you Are you kidding me? I'm sick and tired of the way you treat me And blowing up my phone Just ain't the way to reach me You won't take a hit And you just keep on calling me So I think I'll just give you some 
Once again, that was Abigail Nielsen with her brand new single, Space, available on all digital platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. If you want to check out more about her, just check out her website, www.abigailnielsen.com. She has a Facebook profile and she has an Instagram profile. Go check her out today. And that's it for the show today, people. This is Last Call. I'd like to give a special thanks to Ty, uh, or as you all now know him as Sir Mix-a-Lot, for coming on to the show, telling us about his business and how he is able to build himself up and really make a business out of being a mobile mixologist. Uh, I just love that title. That was just awesome when he said that. I also want to thank Abigail Nielsen for letting me use her single space. Remember to go check her out on iTunes and Spotify. And like to thank all the listeners for checking out the show. Remember to share, like, and subscribe to this show. And don't forget to check out www.heybartenderpodcast.com. I have links to the show. I have uh, merchandise on sale there. If you want to help support the show, pick up yourself a Hey Bartender t-shirt today. Uh, I'm also available on Facebook, Hey Bartender Podcast. Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast. And Twitter, hey bartender p o one. If you want to be on the show or you want to uh, just tell me about a drink, uh, just email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd love to talk about uh, whatever you ha- it is you have to say on the show. I'd love to hear uh, hear your story and let's get your story out there to everybody else. That is the whole point of this show, there, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, uh, you know. Thank you for listening, and lots of love, lots of sex, and lots of happiness. Don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. Felt so good, I had to blow again. I said, hey, what I tell you?